Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start with Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the show, Weird Ancient Giants. Now, I have a reason for bringing up this topic. I'm doing some research for a special trip I will be taking soon, and I will get to that later. I've been intimidated by this topic, though, for a long time, because I know when when you think about giants, you might say, yeah, OK, there used to be giants. Big deal. We had dinosaurs one time and then they died. What's the big deal? But when you start digging into this topic of ancient giants, you start entering this kind of an almost Mothman-esque scenario where data appears and then disappears and archives go missing, and there are these shadowy figures that are kind of on the outskirts uh, guarding information. And uh, it, honestly, sometimes, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you something about this. I found information that has just vanished, and it's almost like a Mandela effect. You know how, like, you remember, like, I saw something, and then you go back to find it again, and it's like, oh, this never existed. Uh, and I will warn you, if you start researching the Mandela effect and you really get into it, you will go down a rabbit hole that will probably, uh, uh, eventually make you insane. So I don't recommend that for the faint of heart. Speaking of which, I'll just bring this up as a side note. I was recently watching the 1941 universal movie, The Wolfman with Lon Chaney Jr., and, you know, here I am with Lauren watching this whole movie and I'm waiting to see the famous scene where his face transforms into the Wolfman. And guess what? It never happens. It doesn't exist. 
his face is never shown transforming into the Wolfman. Now, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, you do see his face transform from the Wolfman back into a man. But I don't know how he's just. I remember, you know, his face turning into it. Now, I know his face turned into the Wolfman and some sequels. So maybe that's where the confusion comes in. But I don't know. I just figured that that was just another either example of misremembering things or the Mandela effect. Who knows? But you're going to see as I try to tackle this complex subject of ancient giants, how that, uh, uh, these sort of like uh, bizarro uh, mirages and shimmerings sort of <laughs> sort of occur around the edges of the history when you're trying to figure out what the story is behind these beings. Because people say, oh, we had these remains, these amazing remains, and then you never get to see them anymore. You know, uh, officially, Scientifically, they say, historians uh, have, have proclaimed the tallest man who ever lived was Robert Wadlow, and he was born in Illinois in 1918 and died in 1940 at the age of 22. He was 8 feet 11.1 inches tall. So uh looks like for those of you who are not in the U.S., that's about 2.72 meters, and he weighed 439 pounds or 199 kilograms when he died. Uh, he had this uh, condition called hypertrophy of his pituitary gland. So he had a bunch of HGH, uh, human, grow, uh, hu- human growth hormone. Um, and uh, they said that when he died, it, it looked like he was still growing. If he'd lived longer, he may have gotten bigger. And, uh, you know, as you go down like the timeline, uh, they say when he was born, he was just a normal sized baby. And then uh, at 11 months, when he began to walk, he was three and a half feet tall. When uh, let's see, he was nine years old. He was strong enough to carry his father up the stairs to the second floor uh, while his father was sitting in a chair, mind you. <laughs> and uh he graduated high school in uh let's see at the age of 17 and he was eight foot three when he graduated high school <laughs> so um very interesting guy he was really strong his whole life he never was in a wheelchair but he did use braces for his legs eventually and so uh apparently at some point uh a brace kind of uh rubbed his leg the wrong way and it gave him an infection and he had an autoimmune disorder and that infection you know became a problem where he they gave him like a blood transfusion but anyway that's how he died now the the tallest person alive today is a man in turkey and his name is sultan kosen and he was born in 1982 and he is now 39 years old and he is eight foot 2.82 inches which is uh they say 251 centimeters um again i'm sorry i'm a stupid american i don't know about these uh metric conversions but uh anyway so same kind of deal uh he has like a tumor on his pituitary gland and he uses crutches to walk and it's funny because uh, i saw a picture of him the other day and here he was just uh standing next to a, a basketball hoop on the court there and he's just dropping that basketball right in like it's nothing you know (laughs) 
But anyway, so that gives you an idea of what we know is possible. All right. So let me begin by uh, telling you that when I was a, a, a kid and I don't know how old I was, but I was pretty little. Um, one of my relatives bought me this nice, big, hard copy, uh, hardback copy of Reader's Digest Mysteries of the Unexplained, which I think made a profound impact on my life. And I've got it right here in my hands now. And I came across this story that just really caught my attention and fired up my imagination when I was a kid. Let's see here. It says, okay, now basically what they do in this book is they go back and they find old newspaper reports and, and kind of reproduce them. And it says here, human skulls with horns were found in a burial mound at Sayre, Bradford County, Pennsylvania in the 1880s, except for the horny projections some two inches above the eyebrows. The men to whom these skeletons belonged were anatomically normal, though at seven feet tall, well above average height. It was estimated they were buried about A.D. 1200. The find was made by a reputable group of antiquarians, including a Pennsylvania state historian and a dignitary of the Presbyterian Church. And they give the names of all these kind of people. And this was published uh, somewhere, apparently, at least, um, well... There was a, a publication in 1973 that, that repeated that. Okay, so that's weird. I was like, what? We found seven-foot guys with horns? This is not front-page news? And then here's another one from this same book. Seven skeletons were found in a burial mound near Clearwater, Minnesota in 1888. They had double rows of teeth in the upper and lower jaws and had been buried in a sitting position facing the lake. The foreheads were unusually low and sloping with prominent brows. And then this goes on to say, uh, in 1911, miners began to work the rich guano deposits in Lovelock Cave, 22 miles southwest of the Nevada town of Lovelock. They had removed several carloads of guano when they came upon some Indian relics. Soon afterward, a mummy was also found. Reportedly, it was that of a six and a half foot tall person with distinctly red hair. According to the legends of the local Paiute Indians, a tribe of red haired giants, the Sitakas, were once the mortal enemies of the Indians in the area who had joined forces to drive the redheads out. John T. Reed of Lovelock, a mining engineer, avidly interested in Indian lore, became convinced that the mummy substantiated the Paiute legend and in the years that followed devoted himself to proving it. Included in his growing file on red-headed giants were descriptions of hair robes once worn by a few Paiutes. The hair was human and of a reddish-brown color. In the meantime, the discoveries at Lovelock had generated interest among archaeologists, Okay, I've heard about this, uh, and you know what? Without reading all the rest of this, uh, the story that you hear when you live here in Nevada, I live in Las Vegas, so that's about a uh, seven-hour drive north of me. I've not been there. I've, uh, I think George Knapp did a nice report about it. And um, what, you, what you find is that people said that, like, 
a lot of these were, were giants. Uh, they would have double rows of teeth. Sometimes they had six fingers and six toes. And they're cannibals. They were cannibals. Uh, at, at Lovelock Cave, they said that they would dig a hole, uh, like a, a deadfall, I guess, and put sharp sticks in there. And when a human would fall in, well, the, the, the giants would go over there and they'd pull him out of that hole and then they'd throw him in a satchel and take him back to the cave and eat him. And finally, the Native Americans, they went over there and lit fires and burned out that cave and burned them all to death. Let me tell you something. This story is going to get weirder and weirder and weirder, but it's time for a break. And uh, I want you to know, like I've told you before, I'm probably going to take a break for the month of December 2022. I'm probably just going to chill out and unpack a lot of stuff in my uh, new house because, you know, I have a lot of work to do. And I have a whole new company that I'm going to be opening up next year that I've been working on for years. But even though I may not be uh, doing a podcast for the holiday, I will be giving away all kinds of free stuff to people who are subscribers to my e-newsletter. Go to joshuapwarren.com, type in your email address there on the homepage, hit submit, and you'll instantly receive some free digital gifts from me right then and there. I am Joshua P. Warren, and you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. 
I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. In the Bible, let's see here, Genesis 6. Chapter 6, verse 4, it says, There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were men uh, of old, men of renown. Um, you know, there are so many different translations of the Bible. And uh, we're talking about uh, the Nephilim here, fallen angels, as they are sometimes called. There's more about this in the book of Enoch. Um, angels who fell from heaven. And apparently they were really, really big. But, you know, here's the thing about the book of Enoch. Uh, right here, I'm looking at the encyclopedia article here, and it says, when it comes to his books, uh, none of the three books of Enoch are considered canonical scripture by the majority of Jewish or Christian bodies. So I don't know. What, what, what do you make of that? Ancient, ancient documents like that are just almost impossible to truly understand. You just have to piece things together and have some faith in what you, what you feel is right, what you feel you should believe. But, the Bible does, of course, talk about Goliath, and that's uh, one of the most memorable stories from the Bible was when David defeated Goliath, and let's go back and look at that story. Uh, he is described in most 
translations as being four cubits and a span or six cubits in a span. And so NC register here, which is the national Catholic register, uh, ncregister.com has an article about this. And they said, uh, they took that, this passage and they sent it to all kinds of different experts. And so one expert said that means he was at least nine feet, nine inches tall. And then there was another expert that said, uh, if, if a cubit, the length from the elbow to the tip of the middle finger is about one and a half feet and the span, the distance from the thumb to the middle or little finger, uh, it stretched apart would be half a cubit and six cubits in a span would equal about nine feet, nine inches. Okay. And, and, and so, but there are other people who think he may have been even taller. So look, what they, basically arrived at is that everybody says that according to the Bible, this guy was eight foot five to 10 foot six, somewhere in that range, a big man by anybody's standards. And that's interesting, really, when you think about it, because you know how it is when you go into like some old home that was built in the 1800s or even the 1700s and everything looks so small and you think, man, people were little back then. And you look at their beds and stuff and they seem very little. On the other hand, uh, resources to build a home were also more limited back then. So it's hard to say, uh, how you gauge what a quote unquote giant is, right? But we do have these references that go back that far. And when I was doing all my research, gosh, I don't even know how long ago, probably like almost 20 years ago into, um, to a lot of giant stories, like the ones in my neck of the woods, Judicola, the slant eyed giant and uh Judicola rock is in Cullowee, North Carolina, which is near Western North Carolina. Well, it's, it's in Western North Carolina. It's near Asheville. And there's a rock with all these weird carvings, these petroglyphs on it. And I, I was doing a lot of research on that. And everybody said the legend was that there was this big slant eyed giant with six fingers and he dominated that area. And that was his hunting territory. And that this stone was his marker, you know. Um, and again, it goes back to this idea of a giant of old, Often with double rows of teeth, sometimes horns, red hair, six fingers, six toes. Um, nobody knows exactly what the markings on Judicola rock mean. And I have, I guess, like just one possible theory that I've sort of tossed out there about what the markings may mean. If you go to judicolorock.com, you can watch a little video that I did about this not too long ago. Uh, J-U-D-A-C-U-L-L-A. J-U-D-A-C-U-L-L-A. Judicolorock.com. You can watch this video and see. Um, but I'm bringing this up because I, I started looking into Judicolor Rock and the stories about these giants. And then I ended up uh, eventually getting a job for uh, a job with the travel channel. Uh, I was on every episode of a TV series called paranormal paparazzi, where I traveled all over the country and 
did reports at weird places. And one of the places I went was in Georgia, which, of course, is right next to North Carolina, to a place called Track Rock. And uh, Track Rock is located there in, uh, let's see, the Brasstown Ranger District of the Chattahoochee National Forest in Georgia. And Track Rock has all these weird petroglyphs on it. And I went to Track Rock and I said, you know what? I don't know who made the marks on Judah Color Rock. And I don't know who made the rocks, uh, who made the markings on uh, Track Rock. But I think the same group of people made these markings on these rocks. They look that similar to me. Um, but when I started trying to figure out more about, you know, like what was happening there, um, what I found was that, uh, there, there's no good consensus. And I believe there, there's a fellow named Scott Walter out there who used to have a show on the history channel. And, uh, honestly, I, I probably should have prepared better, but I don't remember what that show was called. Um, but he, he went to some of these exotic kind of places and he looked into these mysteries and he made a pretty good case for the fact that, um, the Mayans from Central America may have actually been traveling as far north as Georgia and possibly even North Carolina. And, uh, of course, we can't officially prove that, but I mean, how would you? I mean, what? <laughs> we didn't have cameras back then, no satellites. I mean, um, and the Mayans, not only were some of their markings similar to some of the things that we've seen on these rocks, but also, um, best I recall, there was some clay they discovered from Georgia that was in some of the dyes that these Mayans were using in Central America. So it would not surprise me if there were Mayans traveling that far north back in those days. And and the, the Mayans, they looked scary. They looked monstrous sometimes, you know. Um, they would always, uh, well, they would paint themselves. Sometimes they would grind their teeth to points. And scary looking uh, people, but... They were short, turns out. Did you know that? I, I always thought that Mayans were probably tall just because they look so spooky. And no, the Mayans were short. Some people considered the Mayans to be uh, pygmies of the ancient world. As a matter of fact, uh, the tallest people thousands of years ago were Europeans who are around like, uh, I don't know, the Netherlands and that kind of area. And they were uh, like six feet tall, maybe six two even thousands of years ago but the mayans were like five feet five two so you could almost say all right the mayans came up and the mayans left a lot of these weird artifacts and carvings and created all these scary stories and because they would decorate themselves in all these bizarre ways but it doesn't explain the giant part that's still a mystery so as i was looking into all this i came across this story about this place in North Carolina. Now, that's where I'm from. And let's see. It's called Garysburg. And I'm looking up right now how far that Garysburg is from Asheville, where I lived at the time. Uh, I know it's near Roanoke Rapids. 
So if you drive from Asheville to Garysburg, it takes you about five hours. So when I was doing a lot of my research, I got together with my buddy Casey Fox, and uh, I've known him since literally we were like, <laughs> let's see, I think I met him in the first grade, all right? And Casey and I, we decided to take a trip to Garysburg, and that is because that I came across this really weird article saying that uh in the 18, uh let's see, I think it was some sometime in the 1800s, there were some railroad workers that were near Garysburg, North Carolina, and they uncovered a chamber with giant human skeletons. And their teeth were supposedly ground to sharp points. But there was no follow-up on what happened to the bodies. So Casey and I, we drove there. And I interviewed everybody in this little town. And I went to the library. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm also going to tell you how you can earn a reward. There is some missing information that I want. Maybe some sleuth out there will be able to finally get it. And then I'll tell you what my special trip is all about. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back after these important messages. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Strange things on the iHeart Radio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. I found this article somewhere online many years ago, and uh, it's it talked about these giant skeletons that were found um, somewhere in Garysburg, North Carolina. So, uh, and I've talked about this before to some extent on this podcast. I went there with Casey and uh, the weirdest thing is that there was this uh, lady there and I think her name was uh, Stevens. And I, uh, anyway, uh, I met with her and her husband had died, uh, years before that, but he was a big collector of fossils in the area. And he had built this whole, like, what do you call it? He built like a, a, a fossil covered building on his property. And, uh, his wife, uh, his widow took me and Casey into this. It's it's almost like a roadside attraction kind of thing, or at least it was back then. And he had discovered gigantic artifacts from the area. I mean, like axe blades and things like that. I, I can't remember everything, but it was way too big for an average person to wield. And I photographed all that. And then, uh, like I say, we went to the library and I, I couldn't find any kind of follow-up information in the library. So after that, I wrote an article about my trip to Garysburg uh, for Fate magazine. And it was published. And I have a copy of it. 
in my storage unit and one I have multiple storage units. You probably know this. I there I blow a lot of money every year, every month on just storage units. I got to consolidate and like that's why I'm always trying to sell stuff. It's like I have too much stuff. I have I have one of my storage units in Asheville has got some of my old articles and I'm sure that that article is there. I don't know where it is. It's buried somewhere deep in the Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse, but Since then, I have gone back and I have tried to find that article online. Cannot find it. The one about the railroad workers finding the giant skeletons in Garysburg, North Carolina. I have tried to find the article that I wrote for Fate Magazine. And I cannot find it here online. I do not have a physical copy of it. I contacted Phyllis Galdi who owns Fate Magazine, and said, uh, can you please locate this article that I wrote? And she can't find it. I contacted Vance Pollock, Sherlock Pollock, who also has done work with Fate Magazine. And I said, can you find this article? And he couldn't find it either. I'm telling you, I wrote, I, I went out there, Okay, let me put it this way. I saw this weird story about these giant remains. Casey and I went out there. I studied everything. I took pictures. I wrote an article about it. It was published nationally. And now it's like none of it exists anymore. I can't find the original article that I read, the newspaper report. And I can't find the article that I published in Fate Magazine. So... I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm offering a reward right now. If you are the first person who contacts me and you have either of those things, you can have the original uh, newspaper article from Garysburg, uh, uh, yeah, Garysburg, North Carolina. And it might have been Roanoke Rapids. Let's see. I'm looking at what I do have here. Um, oops, I have too many windows open here. Uh, well, look, if, if, if you have got the, the original article from Garysburg, North Carolina, or you have the article about my trip there that I wrote for fate magazine, uh, and you have a PayPal account, I will send you $100 as a reward. I say PayPal because that just makes it easy for everybody. And people listen to this show all over the world. And, uh, I don't have to deal with like currency exchange and all that. So there's, you know, that, that's a challenge for you, right? The first person who has either one of those things gets a hundred dollar reward. And I look at this type of scenario and I think this is another example of this kind of almost, uh, a Mothman esque or Mandela effect element to these stories surrounding these ancient giants and 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 the weirdness about who they were and what they were and where are they now and i've even been contacted by a number of people in my life uh who have told me that there is a whole unit of individuals out there that are almost like the men in black and their sole mission is to go out and to cover up evidence of these giant beings 
perhaps the Nephilim or something like that. That's their, their, their whole purpose. Maybe they're like the MIBs from the paratemporal loop hypothesis that I wrote about in the secret wisdom of Kukulkan. Um, or, uh, it could be well, like somebody told me, Oh, you don't know this. The Smithsonian has got their own secret service and they go out. And they swoop in when a truly amazing find is made and they take that find and they put it in a special warehouse and they go to their biggest donors because apparently, uh, you know, the word on the street is the Smithsonian has got huge, huge, super duper rich people that give money every year. And those people, according to the conspiracy theory, get the first pick. So if you find something that's amazing, like let's say you found a a dead Bigfoot tomorrow. Before you put it out there on public display. And you never get a piece of that, you might take it to this weird rich dude and uh, say, hey, if you would like this, you know, let's 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 talk. Let's talk. So there may be this whole underground of shady bizarre super rich people who have got the ultimate man cave you know it's like you you walk in there or woman cave i mean i guess it can go either way you know what i'm saying you make friends with them and they're like hey let me show you something because i have been to people's houses before who have been like all right i like you let me show you something and they take you through like a secret passageway they show you and you go down there and here's here's a stuffed sasquatch Here's a, here's a Nessie. Here's a dead alien. Now I haven't seen those things, but I'm just saying that's the conspiracy theory that that might exist out there. So maybe that's another possible explanation for all this. But anyway, the reward is on the table. So let's take all that and funnel it into the trip that I'm about to take. So here in Nevada, of course, like I told you, we have this place called the Lovelock Cave. Well, it turns out, um, not far from there in, uh, Fallon, Nevada is uh, a place called the Spirit Cave. And that is where the oldest human mummy ever found in North America was discovered. Think about that. The old, I, I bet. Almost none of you probably knew that, that the, the oldest human mummy found in North America was found in Spirit Cave in uh, Fallon, Nevada. And this mummy, get a load of this. Are you ready? This mummy was 9,400 years old. Yeah, 9,400 years old. That's crazy, isn't it? Like, you know, people talk about Jesus, like Jesus lived 2000 years ago. And that seems like an unimaginable amount of time, 9,400 years ago. So that's spirit cave. Well, guess what? You know, I own this uh, tour here in Nevada. It's called the Haunted Boulder City Ghost and UFO Tour. And it's it takes place in Boulder City, Nevada, which is about a 30 minute drive outside of Las Vegas. And, uh, one of my guides is a man named Alan. 
who I guess he's in his 60s and uh, he's lived in Boulder City for 30 years. And he said, hey, have you ever been to Spirit Mountain? I said, what? He said, yeah, Spirit Mountain. So like an hour from Boulder City, there is this mountain called Spirit Mountain, which according to the Native Americans in that area, I mean, like, you know, the Mojave Indians, the Yumas, the Yuma people. This is the most sacred place in the universe. They say this place called Spirit Mountain, which kind of is a nondescript mountain out there in the middle of the desert. They say this is a portal. This is the place from which all life emerged and to which all life will return. This is the center of all consciousness and mystery and excitement. And there's one spot there in particular that's supposed to be the quintessential spot. When we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you about my upcoming trip to Spirit Mountain. And then I want to read some uh, emails. I need to get back to some emails. One guy said that he has discovered a possible new ghost hunting tool that could be a game changer. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be right back. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren. I'm excited. I want to see if uh, somebody can go out there and get these rewards. Find that old article about the bodies, the, the giant skeletons from Garysburg. Or even my article from Fate Magazine. But remember, only the first person gets the reward, okay? If a hundred of you contact me, well, the first person gets it. So here I am. I'm about to make this trip to Spirit Mountain, of course. And so Lauren, she gets online. And uh, we're actually working on a um, on a project that has to do with, like... Mm, old fossils and stuff. You'll learn more about that in in the near future. And she just started typing in, you know, information about fossils and boom, you know, Spirit Mountain here in Nevada, an hour from Boulder City where I have my tour, it popped up. And so apparently ancient human remains have been found uh, around there as well. And I, I just can't wait to make this trip to spirit mountain and um, of course i'll be going with uh, with lauren and alan and i think jason sirachi is going to come as well and uh we're going to shoot some footage and boy i mean like this is what keeps me going you know going out there and and like what is this going to be like this is the place where all of these native americans say that life originated it's the, the the most sacred the holiest place and there is a holiest of holies at this spot 
I'm not going to tell you right now where it is, but Alan knows where it is. So I'm going to go to the holiest of holies. And then I'm going to bring back this free report to you. That's what I do. That's part of my life here. It's just going out there and experiencing the mysterious. And you know what? This is a free show. And I know that most of you listening will never have that opportunity. That's why I do this. So I can bring this back to you. But if you like this show and you want to keep listening to it for free, do me a favor. Okay. The holidays are upon us. Buy at least one Christmas gift for somebody you care about at joshuapwarren.com. Go there and click the link to the curiosity shop and just buy one thing. You can buy things that are like even $9.95. Just go buy one thing and, uh, and keep this going. Keep it free. Keep it going forever. So I cannot wait to tell you about what I discover when I go to Spirit Mountain. And that will be coming to you very soon. And given the fact that the oldest mummy in North America was discovered like seven hours from there, <sighs> there's no telling. All right, let me squeeze in some emails here. I have just been going on and on. It's so hard to fit all this like giant lore into some kind of special podcast because there's just too much of it this comes from scott uh scott c he says uh, morning joshua um he said i was listening to jim harold's campfire and a caller detailed a story involving a ouija board and the lava lamp as they made contact with a spirit the lava in the lamp formed a face and morphed into other weird shapes it got me thinking, well, lava lamps run on electricity and have water, both vessels conducive to ghost hunting. I would love to take a webcam of a lava lamp in the middle of a room known for activity and then see over the night if there was abnormal uh, movement of the wax slash lava and or a practical application. In theory, would it be easier for a spirit to manifest hot wax and water over trying to materialize or manifest into thin air? I enjoy your show. Keep up the good work. And then he goes on to say he's going to be in Vegas soon if I want to gamble and drink with him and his friends. <laughs> well, first off, Scott, thank you for that invitation. I appreciate that uh, immensely. But no, I, um, I don't just randomly meet up with people who contact me. You could be a serial killer for all I know, and I'm not going to fall for that old trick. Um, I also don't eat things that are, are sent to me, um, from people I don't know, but I'm sure you understand. I'm sure you're a great guy, Scott, seriously. Um, but it is kind of weird how like, um, people contact me sometimes and they go, I'm coming to Las Vegas. Coming to see you. Where, where, where can I meet you? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't care if you're my next door neighbor. You, you, you can't, like, you can't just be like, oh, I'm coming. To, I don't have an open storefront where you can just walk in. Um, but, uh, <laughs> again, thank you, Scott. That's nice of you. Let's get back to your question. Uh, it actually would be much, much more difficult to move wax slash lava. Um, 
And, you know, and that's not to say that there's not something to be learned from that. But the problem is, I think whenever you're looking at, at wax in this situation, or you're looking at, uh, like fire, like a guy emailed me recently and said, Oh, look at these faces that are appearing in, in this fire. Uh, it, it's just too difficult to separate that from pareidolia. And pareidolia is that tendency for us to be able to, uh, interpret things the way we want to see them, a, con- a confirmation bias. It's like seeing the man in the moon. So, um, I'm not saying that like if a, if a lava lamp were to create some ghoulish, amazing face, you could be like, that's interesting. But still, you can't prove anything that way. But it's fun to play with. Um, Let's see here. This comes to me from, oh, Crystal. Uh, She's in California. And she said, I was fascinated to hear about the experience in the letter from a prisoner. I had never heard anyone else talk about that before. I had discovered it a few years ago when becoming lucid in a dream, moved away from the dream, and found myself in a place that seemed like a movie set. I remember thinking, what's this? Looks like a movie set at Universal Studios, and then I woke up. And through the years, it's happened many times. I call them dream sets. I've also become lucid in them sometimes when my spirit team which she says is like spirit guides and whatnot, have been showing me something or visitations with past loved ones. She says uh, they can freeze you so you can't move and come pick you up like a mannequin and remove you. Um, so she says, it sounds to me like the guy you uh, who sent you the letter is putting himself in a deep state of hypnosis and going into one of these dream sets that has a lot going on that is really quite interesting. So if you don't know what she's talking about, um, you, you have to go back and, uh, listen to one of my recent podcasts where, where a prisoner wrote me a letter and he had a message that he wanted me to share with all of you. And that message had to do with, um, the state of mind he was putting himself into, I think kind of escape from his prison cell. And, uh, I'll let you know, I sent him, well, I sent his representative, uh, a link to the podcast I did. And if I hear back, I'll let you know what he had to say about that. I guess one last thing I'll leave you with here is, well, one of my mental manners. I was talking to a guy at a party, uh, recently and he was in Hawaii and, uh, he is a drone master. And I might have mentioned this already, but if so, that's fine. I'll mention it again. Uh, he is a drone master and he said that he was, uh, he was recently in Hawaii and that when he was in Hawaii, he saw guys fishing with drones. And there are a lot of different ways to do this. You can just send a drone out there attached to your bait. And the drone has a camera and you can send this thing as far as your line will go. And then you see the fish down there and then the drone drops the bait and you reel them in. Now there are people who are doing things that are more 
well, well, things that are outright illegal, like dropping little bombs and stuff. I won't get into that. But do, do you think that's cool to have a drone that goes out there, sees the fish and drops the bait no matter how far away they are? Uh, or is that unsportsmanlike? I don't know. Mental mana, my friends. Weird, weird stuff I pick up on that I share with you. All right. I think that's going to do it for this weird show. So now uh, let us kick back, relax, and let's just decompress and listen together, shall we, to the good fortune tone. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.